No, real heat is when you go to the desert, and it definitely does feel like winter here. Um, I love 70 degrees weather, and it makes me appreciate it more when I got to feel it, especially when I go back and it's 115 degrees. So that's not good. Um, so glad to be here with you all. I love this church. I love this place. I love home. This is always home. I always say, no, I'm going home, home. home like Wherever I'm at is home, yes, but this is always home. So I'm excited to be here. I am the worship pastor there, so this is kind of a different place for me. I would much rather just sing with you, but I get the honor to speak with you too. So God's doing something in all of our lives. So we all have a story to tell. We all have a, a testimony of, of how, the God is, how God is working in our lives. And so um, I just, I said it first service too, but man, I love that last song. It's so good. The, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. That I don't know what your week was like. I don't know what you walked into this place with, but hey, we serve a God who literally has split the sea right before us. Whatever our situation is, he, he steps into the midst of it and makes a way where it seemed like there was no way. And it's, so, it's just so amazing. I love it. I love God. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. Um, and if you could, go ahead and turn your, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read verse 24 through 27. It's going to kind of be the, the main passage. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, so don't feel like you have to, you know, Keep up. There's wonderful technology that has the scripture on the screen, so you can just read along. But Matthew 7, 24, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so, you know, if I was to give this message a title, I would title it, Where's Your Anchor? And all I want to talk to you today is something very simple, but I want to ask the simple question, in life, where are you putting your anchor? Where, where are you standing? What are you standing on? If anything, are you standing on sinking sand, or are you standing on solid rock, solid ground? In Hebrews 6.19, it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And so, biblically speaking, our anchor is hope. But I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, sometimes you don't really have any hope. Sometimes things seem super hopeless. Um, so, the question is, where are we sticking that hope? When we're walking through trials and situations, uh, do we have hope in anything at all? And if we do have hope, is it hope in, in something that's sustainable, or is it something that's probably just going to fall and fall apart in our very own eyes? And so what I want to talk to you is basically three places that we can place our anchor in life, and just kind of three main areas if we looked at an anchor where we could put it, if any. So is that cool with you guys? Are you good? Are you doing good today? Awesome. Cool. It's 70 degrees, guys, so <laughs> I, I just want to remind you that again. So uh, first point. First place that where our anchor is at is it's in your boat. And obviously that means your anchor is in nothing because anchor is doing you no good if it's sitting in a boat, right? Um, we could probably all agree that if an anchor is sitting in the boat, then it's doing you no good. It's not holding you to anything. Um, on the contrary, when it's in your boat and when you're holding fast to nothing, 
then you're probably going to be tossed through, to and throw whatever comes your way. Say something bad happens, well, there you go. If you don't have an anchor set on anything. Um, in Colossians, no, for, sorry, wrong place. In James 1, that's the first part. James 1, chapter, five, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. So I don't know if you've ever been in a boat. I know this is West Texas, and there's not a whole lot of water around, except for when it rains for months upon months, and everything floods. So at that point, maybe. Um, But if you've ever been in a boat, or you've ever been just swimming in water, and you get caught in a current, or, or the wind starts to blow, what obviously happens to you? Well, you're going to go wherever the current pushes you. Wherever the wind pushes you, you're going to go exactly where that goes. So the problem is that you can be in one spot in one second, and then you look up a few hours later, and you're all over on the other side, which is what happens when we, we try and live life without anchoring ourselves to anything. The second something bad happens, well, I, I thought I was right here, and I thought I believed this, but... But now I'm way over here believing this. And so how it works is if we're not anchoring ourselves, if we have hope in nothing, then we're going to fall to anything. Uh, all it takes is one little, one little thought from the enemy to make us start thinking, huh, you know, maybe that's not true. Maybe, you know, and slowly but surely we find ourselves in a place that we never thought we would be. We find ourselves believing things that we, we said we would never believe just because we had ourselves hoped, hoping in nothing, anchored to nothing. Um, in Genesis 3, 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The thing is, when we anchor ourselves to nothing, that's the perfect time for the enemy to come in and be like, Hmm, hey, Here's some fear. Here's some worry in the situation. Here's some, here's some anxiety, you know. Um, and if you're anchored to nothing, the second that fear comes, you end up on the other side of the lake. The second that worry comes, you're two miles out to sea and you didn't even realize it. The second anything that the enemy tries and come, you're, you're constantly led by either if it's emotions, either it's for fear, either it's for worthy, worry, but you dictate life now, decisions and choices based off of those fears and, 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 and those worries and the, the, the situations that come our way because you have nothing to hold on to. And so slowly but surely, we find ourselves in a place we never thought we would be, you know. The, there's a difference between having fear and worry and being led by your fear and worry. We're all going to be afraid, you know. Uh, we got home last night, and there's a rattlesnake at the door. I've never, honestly, I've never seen a rattlesnake here in my life. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. But, I, I mean, it's a rattlesnake. We didn't, because we were fearful at the first second, we didn't just step back and just say, man, how are we going to get in the house now? It's at the front door. What are we going to do? There's no way to get in. There's a snake right there. No. Dad grabs the shovel out of the pickup, and we kill the snake. We throw it over the trees, and we go into the house. <laughs> Mom didn't like that, but <laughs> the fact is, 
we, we didn't let our reaction be dictated by the fear that was placed before us. We weren't anchored in that. We weren't led by that. It's not that you can't be afraid. It's not that you can't be frustrated. It's not that you can't be worried. But is that fear, are those emotions what's leading you and guiding you in how you react to your situations? I think we can all attest probably that we've all gone through bad times. I mean, has anybody gone through a bad time? Yeah? Okay. I'm just making sure. I didn't know if y'all were all perfect people. So if you're all perfect, then this message isn't going to be so great. But I think we can all, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that, you know, there's going to be times where the storm comes and you feel like everything, all hell is broken loose against you. And if there is no anchor, if your anchor's in your boat, what's going to happen? You're going to be swept out to sea. And you won't even realize what's happening until it's already done. And then you don't know what to do, you know. We can't be led by our fear. We can't be led by our emotions. Uh, We can't be led by confusion. God's not the author of confusion, the Word says. He's author of peace. But if if we anchor ourselves in nothing, when confusion comes, you have nothing to stand on. You have nothing to believe. You don't know what's right from left. You don't know what's up from down. Um, if you have no absolutes at all, then the rest of your life will constantly be pushed around by the things of this world and by the things of life. Because just like we said, there's going to be bad times. We're all going to go through bad times. It happens. But the difference is whether or not you let yourself be led by those things. So point one, it's in your boat. Obviously, that's not a good place for an anchor to be. It's doing you no good. Point two, it's on sinking sand. So, What's happened is, yes, we've realized we have an anchor in our boat. Now we're going to throw it out. But what happens if the anchor falls on sinking sand? Well, that's doing you no good because the anchor is supposed to hold you steadfast to something. It's supposed to be a, a center point that you can always rely on. But if we place our anchor on something that's not stable, then that's probably not good. I think we all understand why, why do we build houses on solid rock? Well, because they'll stand especially in the windy West Texas panhandle. Um, why, why do you not build a house? Why do you not see houses built on the beach, on the sand? Well, when a storm comes, they're going to wash away. And uh, that's not very smart. And obviously, thinking through it like that, well, yeah, that's common sense. Of course, we're not going to build a house out on the beach. We're going to build it on solid rock. Well, the same goes for our life. If hope is the anchor of our soul, then where are we placing our hope? Are you hoping in a situation to turn out a certain way? Is your hope in finances? Is your hope in marriage? Is your hope in a job? Is your hope in the fact that, you know, I'm believing that this is going to happen and I know that God's going to make it happen and I'm going to have this and this and this and I'm going to have this perfect life and it's going to be great and my hope is totally in that, the perfection of the beauty of it all and then what happens when it falls apart? Well, then hope disappoints you. I know that we can all uh, uh, look back even on times in our lives where we've placed hope in something that ended up just falling apart right before our eyes. And the problem with placing hope in our surroundings is that at some point the ground is going to shake and that it's going to really, in reality, just disappoint us. And the biggest issue with that is, in the end, when something does fall apart that we've placed our hope in, we look back on God and say, well, see, you didn't come through. You disappointed me, when in the reality, our hope was never even on God. It was never on solid rock. It was on sinking sand. There's a, um, 
I've been told this before. I think I actually read about it, where the Atlantic and the Indian Oceans meet at the the southern tip of the South African continent. Um, The currents come together in such a way that literally underneath the, the, the coast ground is literally falling off. It's, it's like sinking sand. So they say when divers will go out there, if they place their anchors too far close to the edge of where this current is literally eroding the sand into, into the depths of the oceans, then what happens? Well, your anchor's in that. You're going to fall off into the deep. And then you're, you're sucked in and you in the end will die. So how, how is it that we are so willing to hope in something that at any point in time can fall off into the deeps of the ocean? You know, we, we place our hope in this grand idea that we have of life and the success of life. And, you know, success means having a lot of money and success means being perfect and success means all of these things. And we hope and strive for things that we were never meant to hope or strive for. Because in the end, at some point or another, it's going to fall. I don't know if you guys watch the stock market or anything, but it's like a roller coaster. Every day it's up, and then every day it's hit new low records, and then the next day it's up higher than it's ever been, and then the next day it's lower than it's ever been. Man, if your hope is in that, which a lot of people's hope is, you're going to be all over the place. And you're never going to be settled. You're never going to have anything to stand on. And the second something bad happens, you're gone. You're, you're, you're being pulled down to the depths and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize what's happening to you. We were never meant to be dependent on our surroundings, but on God alone. Romans 5.5 5 says this, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. The reality is hope was and was never meant to be placed on our situations and our circumstances because in the end, it's probably not going to turn out how you thought it was. God's word says that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are, 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 are deeper than our ways. He knows beyond what we could ever know or see. He, time isn't even a concept to him because he knows all time. He's outside of time. But we are so confined to the day-to-day life that we get so narrow-minded into seeing, well, something bad happened, that means my whole life's ruined. Something bad happened, that means God's not for me. God's not good. That God doesn't love me because he let this happen. Well, yeah, if your hope's on sinking sand, then you're constantly going to be dictated by what happens in your life. By, well, you know, it's easy when things are going to good to say, man, Jesus, we love you. You're so good. You are so good. We got this job, and we got a bonus paycheck, and, you know, life's good. But the second life's not good, then it's like, well, God hates me. God's out to get me. He doesn't love me. He's not for me. His word says that if he's for me, who could be against me? Well, then why is this happening? Well, your perspective's wrong. You need a perspective shift because what's happening is you're placing hope in something that was never meant to be hoped in. Rather, not placing hope in God who is always meant to be our hope, you know? It says in Romans that Christ is the hope of glory, which leads us into our third point, which is the best place for our anchor to be. It's on solid rock. We go back to Matthew chapter 7. Again, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on solid bedrock. I, I hope you know that this story isn't necessarily about building houses, although it's a great concept for if you're going to build a house. The point is when push comes to shove, when things get nasty, when life totally turns against you, well, what did you, what did you, what did you place all your hope in? Did you place your hope on something solid so that whenever that stuff does come, you stand firm and having done all, you stand Or did you place it on something sinking that the second that stuff comes, man, you just fall apart. You just come undone because what your hope was in failed you. But the thing is, the number one absolute we could ever place our hope in is obviously Jesus. In Colossians 1.15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything." I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good absolute to me. It sounds like something pretty firm to stand on. And again, Romans says, Christ, he is the hope of glory. Not not our situation, not our circumstances, not this day, not that day, not the good, not the bad. Even the good. We don't hope in what is good. We hope in God because God's the absolute. God is good. The problem, you know, that most of us face with that is we don't view God as an absolute. We view God as sinking sin. Because when those things do happen, when something does fall apart that we so hoped in, we we look back again at God and say, I had my hope in you. I had my hope that you were going to work this out for me. And the second it falls apart, you just disappoint me. But the, the, the thing is, God doesn't disappoint. God doesn't, never has he disappointed. Never, never has he, never is he disappointing, and never will he disappoint. We have to understand that in order to anchor yourself to something, you have to believe that something is true no matter what happens. That's, that's what an absolute is. An absolute never changes no matter what, whatever you throw against it, whatever you put up against it, it's going to stay the same. It's always going to be this way. You know, this stand is black right? It's black. It's going to be black unless someone paints it, but it's an absolute. I can throw anybody up against it, and they can tell me otherwise, but it doesn't change. You could, Lou could come up here and tell me, no, Matt, that's red. I would say, Lou, you, you are colorblind, <laughs> which I know you're not, so, but the fact is that even whatever she says doesn't change the fact that this color is black, and so it's the same thing with God. The problem is, we hear God say he's good, and then we come over to this situation that happens, and it's really bad and awful, and we're like, no, God, you're not good. It doesn't change who God is. If something falls apart, it does not change the fact that God is good, that God is an absolute, that God is solid rock, that when we hope in God and not in our situations, it matters not 
what comes our way because we can always go back and anchor ourselves and say, no, 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 no. I know this is what I see. I know this is what is happening. I know this is bad, but I know God's good. I know that his word says that he's for me and he's never against me. I know that his word says it'll never leave me, that it'll never forsake me. I know that his word says he's faithful through and through. And even though I might not be able to see this situation with the right eyes, I might not be able to see everything that's going on, I know that God sees it. And I know that, you know, if his, if his word says he's good, then he's good. If his word says that he's going to see me through every trial, every struggle, then he'll see me through. Oh, a complete different concept than being thrown about by the waves of confusion and fear. A complete different concept than placing my feet on something that is literally going to fall apart the next second. You know, I'm standing on solid ground. But, you know, the problem is with that, we can't define who God is based off of our circumstances. And that's what we tend to do. We tend to define God not as an absolute, but as a relative truth. We define him by depending on how our day is. You know, again, our day's good, so God's good. Our day's bad, so God's bad. Oh, it can't, it can't work like that. What a, what a way to live a life just thrown about by, by what your day's like. That's not who God meant us to be. That's not who God meant us to, how God meant us to live. He meant us to stay firm in who he is. God, here's the thing, God defines our circumstances. It's more like, well, this says this, Again, but who does God say he is? What does God say is happening? Well, I'm going to let God define my circumstances rather than my circumstances define who my God is. And you know what? You want to, here is the crazy thing. And I love this. I love thinking about it. And it kind of like is probably weird because it makes me kind of like when I go through bad times. I don't like going through bad times. But I like understanding that, you know, the crazy thing is what if our trials and our tribulations and our struggles are actually answer to our prayers? Which is something a lot of times we can't really wrap our minds around because we think, well, this, this thing's happening and so God's doing it and God's against me because this must reflect how God feels about me. And that's a really dangerous place to be in because God is not out to get you. And you've got to hear this. Your, your, your troubles aren't from God. God's not causing pain in your life. But God's word says that he works all things together for our good. And the amazing thing is, just like that song says, he splits the sea so that we can walk right through it. You think, you, you, everybody knows that story, you know the Israelites being chased by the Egyptians, come up to the Red Sea. What are they going to do? There's no boat. You can't swim. You can't swim that far um, without many people. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I serve a God who can split the sea and you know, I'm going to walk right through it. He's going to cause the sea to fall on my, my enemy and deliver me. I'm, I mean, that's pretty crazy. The thing is, God will take our situations and our bad things, and he'll turn it all the way around for good, where we couldn't even believe it. So that, as much to say, well, maybe this situation is a good thing that it's happening to me. Because, you know, it's actually making me into who I'm supposed to be. In, back in uh, James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Which is like, wait, what? Count, count all joy. Count all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Not, not when you meet good times. 
or when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. That's a pretty bold statement for James to make. But it's a very true statement. The fact is, we look at our situations and when they go bad, that must mean God hates us. Rather, it's actually how much God loves us that we're walking through these situations. Because just like that verse says, it's actually those trials and those troubles that are perfecting us and completing us into who God has always wanted us to be. The, the crazy thing is we serve a God who can take everything the enemy throws our way and tries to make bad, and he makes it good, you know? He takes what was bad and turns it into our good. That's the kind of God we serve. We don't serve a God who makes bad things happen to us because he's mad at us. We serve a God who is so good that not only did he save us when we didn't deserve it, but he turns our situations and our bad circumstances and our storms and our trials and our struggles into something good. And it's actually what we were praying for, which is the craziest part, because you probably didn't think, well, I was praying for this trial to happen. I really wanted it to, you know. That's not what your prayers are. Your prayers are, God, deliver me. Save me, you know. But sometimes we're not okay with the fact that maybe God saving us is us having to walk through a situation that we didn't want to walk through. Uh, C.S. Lewis says it best, um, in his book, The Problem with Pain, he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Sometimes the only way that God can get our attention is by having to shout through some pain, you know? Sometimes the only way to get us to wake up from being so caught up and so consumed in, in, in these lies and this hope that, that we could hope in something other than God. Sometimes the only way that he can get our attention is to let something happen so that, hey, I'm trying, wake up, wake up. It says it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world, to hear. Give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. We have to understand first who God is. We have to understand that he's the absolute, not our situation. That's relative He's absolute. He is what is true. He is what is good. And that everything that we stack against God, it falls. It either has to line up with who he is or it doesn't stand. And we have to learn to filter through life with the mindset that is looking at God as the absolute and not our life as the absolute. Because life is going to fall and change and go up and go down. But God stays the same. It says in Isaiah, have you not heard? Have you not seen? That I am the everlasting God. He is the everlasting God. He does not grow weary. He does not faint. But whatever he sets his mind to do, whatever he sets his word to do, it will happen. And it will do exactly what he meant it to do. And the promise is at the end of that verse that he's going to give us the strength to walk it through. He's going to give us the strength not just to walk it through, but he says he gives us strength to rise up like eagles. What, is, what does the eagle do? He, he fly, flies over. You know, I, I've heard it, one of the pastors, he says it best. He said, why would you want to fly, among, why, why would you wanna fly amongst the buildings? Why would you want to fly amongst the trees and have to dodge right and left when you could be flying up in the sky where there's not a care in the world? And all that has to do with perspective. Are you choosing to look at a situation through the lens of God's eyes 
or through the lens of your own eyes? Are you looking to hope in something that's going to fall? Or are you looking to hope in someone who's never going to change, who's never going to tire, who's never going to grow weary? And what he's going to actually do is he's going to give you the means to walk right through your situation unharmed. The promise is that when we anchor ourselves in God, that's when we get our strength. That's when we get our hope. That's when we get our peace. That's when we get our grace. That's what it means when the Bible says, I'll give you peace that surpasses all of your understanding and all of your logic. And the fact is, peace isn't dictated by our situations. Uh, it's easy to have peace when everything's going good, but do you have, can you have peace when things are going bad? Well, that's what God promises you. He doesn't just promise you peace in the good times. He promises you peace in the bad times. Psalms 1 says this in verse 3, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Romans 5 verse 3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hope. We have hope in something so grand, so, so amazing, so much more than this world could ever offer. We have something firm to stand on if we'll only choose to stand on it. We have someone who can give us everything we need to walk through every bit of trial and circumstance if we'll just let him. God's God's not withholding anything from us. He doesn't, he doesn't hide himself from us just to play with us and just to have fun with us. That's not God. God is for us. He's always right by our side, wanting to walk this life out through us because he knows that us walking it out will only make us into the people that he always saw us to be. It will only make us, just like James says, perfect and complete in him. So I don't know what your situation is. You might be doing good. You might be doing bad. Here's the thing. Again, we're all going to face at some point in time something bad, something that comes our way that we really don't know what to do. We might be faced with a fear of something. We might be, might be faced with worry. But what we get to do is not anchor ourselves in our fear, not anchor ourselves in confusion, but we get to anchor ourselves in who God says he is, that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is true, that God is for us, never against us. And the thing is, it'd be awful to have to walk through life without God. I I don't know how people do it. I I don't. Because I know who my anchor is. I know whatever comes my way that I can always stand firm on who God says he is. And you might think, well, how do we even do that? What does that even mean? Well, one of the best ways that we can know who God is is through his word. His word literally says who he is. His word is an absolute. It's the best thing that we could ever stand on. And I mean, even if it's one verse a day, one of my favorite things to do is write out one verse and I'll put it in my phone or whatever. And then that's the only thing I'll read during the day. I'm not trying to read a bunch of the Bible and I've got to get my three chapters in a day because that's the holy thing to do. And three is the number of completion. And so I'll be good if I get three. And if I don't get three, then I'm going to be in trouble. That's not it. You chew on the word. You, 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 you drink it into your life. That way when stuff happens, you have something to stand on. Five minutes a day, how easy is that? Five minutes a day to, to just tell God, hey, 
I'm setting myself in you, whatever happens today. There's a reason why David in the psalm says, I delight in your, your word every morning when I rise. I, 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 I anchor myself in you every morning when I rise because I know that stuff's probably going to happen. And if, if anybody could say that, David, he had every right to be mad and angry at God. Spent 10 years in the wilderness being chased, all for walking in the calling of God. But he, he had the ability to anchor himself in God like no one other. And he walked that out, became the greatest king in, in, in the history. So we have to know that our hope is in God. No one else, nothing else. In Christ the solid rock. I love that song. In Christ the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. We have the opportunity to stand firm on God no matter what comes our way, no matter what we face, and know that He's the hope of our glory, not what we're walking through, that we have hope in Christ and nothing else. And the beauty of it is, if God's good, then of course He's going to give us good things. Jesus says that in the Bible. Why would, if the Father is good, why would he withhold anything but good from you? So by anchoring ourselves in God, we're setting ourselves up for a lifetime of success because he works all things for our good. Amen? I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And um, I don't know, again, where you're at. I don't know what life um, has thrown your way. I don't know what storms you're weathering, if any, or even if it's just the the simplest fear or the simplest worry over, over a situation in your life. Man, let God give you eyes to see today. Let God give you his ears to hear. Let the Holy Spirit walk you through and understand that he is the hope that you set your feet on every morning of every day, every second, that God is the one that we can plant firmly in And that no matter what comes our way, no matter what the trial is, no matter what the situation is, we have this hope in Christ alone that no matter what happens, we get to count it all joy knowing that God is going to see us through, knowing that we serve a God who literally splits the sea before us, who literally makes a way where there is no way, and he rescues us so we can stand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're children of God, that God is good. Holy Spirit, would you, would you open our hearts to see? Would you open our eyes to see that no other would we put our hope in but you? That we wouldn't set our hope and our trust in, in our situations. We wouldn't put our trust and hope in things that fall and fall apart, God. But we would trust that you are who you say you are, that you're going to do what you say you'll do, Father God, and that when you speak a word, Lord, that it does exactly what it was meant to do, Father. God, that your word says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. It doesn't mean that weapons aren't going to come against us, but no, no thing that the enemy throws our way will prosper because we're anchored in you, Father. We're anchored in who you are. We're anchored in the fact that, God, you are good, that you are faithful to see us through any and every circumstance, God, and that you will walk us through, and in the end, Father, we're going to be better than we ever were before, Lord. So we thank you, God that you're perfecting us, that you're making us complete, Lord. And, and we walk through this life with our hands held high, God, before you, uh, letting praise forever be on our lips, God, knowing that you are faithful to the very end, Lord, that your word is tried and true, God. And you are who you say you are, God. We trust in you. We love you so much. And we give you all the praise. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I love being with you guys. Have an awesome day. Enjoy the nice weather. I will enjoy it too. (laughs)